seated. Familiar words this morning from Psalm 62. I'm not sure whether I should be singing it or reading it. And of course we sang it at Joel's induction the other night. And uh, Jesse's going to expound on it shortly and we're going to sing it again. So God must surely have something important to say to us this morning. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He's my fortress and I will never be shaken. How long will you assault a man? Would all of you throw him down, this leaning wall, this tottering fence? They fully intend to topple him from his lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Selah. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He's my mighty rock. My refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Selah. Low-born men are but a breath. The high-born are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they're nothing. Together, they're only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or take pride in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, don't set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard, that you, O God, are strong and that you, O Lord, are loving. Surely you reward each person according to what he has done. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, John. Good morning, everyone. I too was tempted to sing it, but I thought I'd spare you all from that. Uh, we're, We're taking a break. We've been in a series in the book of Matthew recently. We're just taking a one-off break to look at a psalm this morning. So why don't I pray and then we'll get into it. Dear Lord, thank you for your word. Uh, I ask as we come before it this morning that we would uh, think about it and grow as a result of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Just the other week, I had to create a password online for an account that I was making. I can't remember exactly what it was. I think I was Christmas shopping. And I had to make a username and then come up with a password to make my account secure. And as I did this, a window popped up on my laptop that said, this is a strong possible password. And it gave me a supposedly very secure password. I was in a rush, and I just selected yes, and then went on with my day. It wasn't until a couple of days later, as I came to this passage, that I started to think about how odd that was. A password... It's something we like to think is as secure as possible. We want to make it personal and secure. And I just clicked yes to one that my laptop had given me to use for this account. To me now, that sounds like the least secure option possible. And it's even weirder, I think, given that we live in a world that is decidedly obsessed with security. I see numerous ads about being secure online. We're often told that we need to feel secure. We should feel secure around the people we're with. We should feel secure in who we are. We should have financial security. To really be secure, we should focus on getting the right job, buying a house so that we're secure moving moving forward. 
And we'll describe people like this, won't we? Well, she's very secure in her own skin. He really makes me feel secure. Security is seen as necessary and good in every facet of life. Which means that for so many of us, we can feel at a loss. We don't feel secure. I don't like who I am. I don't trust people. We can feel very insecure very easily. Finding security is easier said than done. Well, the psalm we're looking at this morning, Psalm 62, it's all about security. Where do we find security? Where do we find rest? It's written, as many of the psalms are, by King David. And given the contents of the song, it is a song. I think the reading actually started not at the beginning of the psalm. The beginning of the psalm starts with, for the director of music, for Jeduthun, a psalm of David. David wrote it. It's a song. And given the contents of it, it's clear that David's in a tough spot. There are people around him who are seeking to tear him down. They're seeking to see the worst for him as much as they possibly can. We see that in verse 3. We'll look at it more closely in a few minutes. But that background and that context that David is going through a rough spot is helpful as we come to the psalm. David is feeling pressure. He's facing trials. But in the face of it, he feels very certain and very sure. Verse 2, I will never be shaken. This is a man who is completely secure in his rest. What we're going to do this morning is just work our way through the psalm and we're going to look at what David talks about, which is two attitudes or two philosophies. Where the world tries to find rest and then where David finds rest. Those are the two things that are being spoken about. Firstly, though, it's helpful just to recognize how the psalm flows as a whole. It's made up of five stanzas. If you've got your Bible open in front of you, it's much easier to see it this way. It's made up of five stanzas or paragraphs, and each one of them talks about either God or man. Stanzas one, three, and five are all to do with God, and the rest that David finds in him. And then the remaining two stanzas, two and four, speak of humanity and our desire for security and for rest in the wrong places. So you've got five paragraphs, God, then man, then God, then man, then God. Let's get into them. The psalm begins with those great verses, My soul finds rest in God alone, My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. It's hard to find a man that sounds more certain of his security than David does in just those first two verses. He has no doubt. He is absolutely certain of the security that he finds in his trust in God. And so the first thing for us to think through is what does it mean to find rest? What is this rest that David's speaking about? Uh, It's a word that comes up pretty often through God's word. We can think of God resting. We can think of resting at the Sabbath. But what it means here through Psalm 62 is quite simply a peace. It's a peace and a security and a comfort that can only be found in God. That's the rest that David is speaking of. His soul, his very being, finds an absolute peace 
and absolute rest in the one that created him. In the face of oppression and in the face of persecution, as we'll see, David rests solely on the Lord. And there's a lot to unpack in just those first two verses. It's poetry, it's a song, there's lots of imagery. Firstly, God is David's rock in that he is firm, he is unmoving, he is certain, he is not moved by or influenced by anything around him. He is my rock. And he's also David's fortress. He is a place of rest for David, somewhere he can go and be sure to be safe from those around him who are trying to attack him, somewhere impenetrable, somewhere sure. He is my fortress. They're great images and they're great words, and that's how David starts the psalm. That's what he wants us to hear first as we read through or sing through his song. So you've got stanza one, which is David's peace is only in the Lord. And in the next paragraph, the next stanza, we see where the world looks for rest. Verse three and four, how long will you assault a man? Would all of you throw him down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? They fully intend to topple him from his lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless but in their hearts they curse. That's the state of the world that David was living in when he wrote these words. It's a world, and this is where they try and find security, that desires power. A world that seeks to tear down those that they do not like, namely David. Where it seems to David that everywhere you turn, you're faced with two faces. One who with their words may bless, but who really underneath it all want to see you fail so that they might rise. These people, they love power and control. And David, in the midst of it, he feels like a tottering fence. Like with one more push, he might topple over. Deceit and selfishness seen everywhere. And as is so often the way with God's word... How accurate to our world now can that sound? When we look at the news each day and see leaders failing, leaders falling, mistruths being spread, Christian leaders being smeared, politicians who with their words bless but by their actions speak something entirely different. We live in a world that loves power and will do anything to get it. You do what is best for you. Dog-eat-dog world. Go out and get yours. Uh, For many more of us, I think we can probably see the same attitude at a more social level. How often do we see this sort of attitude when it comes to our social circles? Where we really are willing to say whatever we can to make ourselves look as good as possible. Where people are very willing to put others down to spread slander or gossip in an attempt to make themselves look better. Because we know, I know, that we feel pretty good about life when we're at the top of the pecking order, when we're the person that people come to to ask questions of, when we're seen as a better or as a more capable person, as a better parent than others, as a better friend, as a better spouse, 
Or it may be, and I feel like this can be often a problem with Christians, maybe we like to be seen with particular people. Uh, We like to be seen to know the speaker at that conference or have a friendship with that Christian leader, to be seen to be influential or have an in with those who are influential. We can foolishly think that we will find great personal rest if we are securely seen as above others. That's David's world. That's the context in which he's saying these words in Psalm 62. Just for him, it's on a slightly bigger scale. He's being persecuted as king by those who seek to get power from him, who want to see him fall so that they can gain power, so that they might be secure in their power. Uh, Well, that's verses 3 to 4. So you've got the first two stanzas. Moving on, context matters hugely. Words said in one situation might mean very little on the surface, but once the real situation comes to light, those same words can take on a much different feel. It's the same in Psalm 62. Uh, Picture a, a Christian friend. Imagine they were to say to you in passing that they have been hugely encouraged recently. We might leave a conversation like that and go, oh, that's great, I'm very happy that they've been encouraged recently. However, if we found out later that those words had been spoken by our friend in the midst of a great trial, then we would be hard-pressed not to be even more encouraged by their attitude and their words. It's the same in Psalm 62. We've heard David's initial claim of how secure he feels, and while that's encouraging, how much greater is it to hear it again once we know the situation that he's in the midst of? So let's move on, and now we hear those same words in a different light. Verse 5, Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. This is a man who, even through his darkest times, finds rest and security in his Lord. He has absolute trust and certainty. Uh, We know David had doubts. We know David wavered. We see that many times through the Psalms. But he knows that God never had doubts and God never wavered. We cannot be shaken from his grasp. He is our rock and he is our salvation. Uh, We know more than most what it is to be shaken here in Christchurch. In God's hands, we cannot be shaken. He will never let us go. And David's doing in these two verses what many of us need to remember to do regularly. He's reminding himself of the truth in God's word. There's a difference between verses 1 and verses 5. Instead of, in verse 1, my soul finds rest in God alone, verse 5, it's find rest, O my soul, in God alone. David is reminding himself and encouraging himself to continue on in what he knows to be true. It's so important for us as Christians to talk to ourselves and remind ourselves of God's truths. Because when we are in the midst of trials, we may know that things are true, but we need to pray, we need to read, we need to remind ourselves that they are still true, even in the midst of our suffering. 
that even as we face hardships, we can and will still find rest in the Lord. And David wants us to feel that way. Uh, Look at verse 8. He speaks directly to those who are reading or singing his words. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. David's plea is that we too might have the same rest that he does. Pour out your hearts to God. Do you pour out your hearts to God? Do you tell God how you feel and what you're thinking? I hope that that is our prayer for one another here at St. Stephen's that we would pray regularly that our brothers and sisters in this room would pour out their hearts and would find rest in the Lord. David moves on. Uh, We've had his initial talk of rest, then the example of where security, uh, where men find security and power, then rest again. And now we've got another example of humanity's supposed security, verses 9 to 10. This time it's in the material and more specifically in wealth and money. Verse 9, Low-born men are but a breath, the high-born are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or take pride in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. The second way in which we can as humans try to find security is by placing value in what we love. Our money, our possessions, that which has value to us, and David says here, very emphatically, it is not important. As a youth group, we went through the book of Ecclesiastes last term, and there's a lot of similar language in Ecclesiastes to these two verses. Uh, The book of Ecclesiastes, it's largely, if you know it, about the inability to find any lasting worth in the things of this world without God. We cannot find worth in them, whether that be our work or our pleasures or our money. And the word that's used through the whole book of Ecclesiastes is vanity. All of those things are vanity. It's vain to try and find worth in them. It's a word that means literally a mist or a fog or a breath. It's something that it's pointless to try and grasp hold of. Exactly the same word that's used here in Psalm 62, together they are only a breath. And then a very similar word is used in verse 10. The word hearts there translates directly to vain hopes. In other words, David is saying rich or poor, high-born or low-born, we are all the same. And it is pointless to try and find security in the things that we have, in the money we have saved, in the possessions we own. It is pointless. The world that David lived in believed that once they had what they valued, they would be happy. They might at that point be able to rest and be secure. Again, that world is not different at all to ours. Uh, We place value in everything we can possibly place value in. 
Christmas is coming up soon and there's not really a better example of how consumerist we are as a culture than that period of the year, how much value we place in not only money but just material things in general. Uh, A week ago, the Houston Astros won the Baseball World Series in America to, I think, 99.99% of the world's disappointment. Uh, And over the past season, a man named Mattress Mac has been putting more and more bets on the Astros to win the World Series. He'd been doing it all year. Last week, the Astros, sadly, raised that trophy, and Mattress Mac won $75 million dollars which is the most money won in sports betting history. Most of us, I think I heard an audible gasp. Most of us, when we hear that, let's face it, most of the world, when they hear that, would struggle to think of anything better than to have that kind of money. Or then I could buy that house. I could pay off my mortgage. I could travel. That sort of money would have me sorted for months. I could... I could rest easy. Uh, We value money. If I have that, then I will be content. That is so often what the world teaches. Adverts are made to make us want things, to think if I had that, then life would be easier and better. We feel as though we would have security once we have what our hearts desire. For you here this morning, what is it that you value? What is it that you think you will be happy if you have? Is it a home? Is it money? It might be a possible relationship. Is it that well-paying job? And we can, I think, do this in subtle ways as Christians as we look at the person who we think has more money than us or who turns up to church in a nicer car And we think, well, how could you be complaining? Look at what you have. Be happy with what you've got. In other words, if I had that, then I would be happy. If I had that, then I would be secure and I would be content. Well, that is not how the world works. It's how I think it wants to work, but it can't. Lowborn and highborn are nothing. Rich, poor, we are all the same and we will not find any lasting rest, any lasting security, any lasting peace in what we have and in what we have acquired. The quicker we learn that and the more regularly we remind ourselves of that, the less we will be disappointed by the happiness that we do not find. Well, this is David's thought process so far. He finds rest in God God alone brings his soul security, makes him feel safe, unlike the world, which looks so much to power and to value to find its safety and its rest. Those are the two kind of philosophies that are going on in Psalm 62, which brings us then to the last two verses of the psalm. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard, that you, O God, are strong and that you, O Lord, are loving. Surely you will reward each person according to what what he has done. Uh, We come now to the reason behind David's complete and utter security and rest in God, and it is very simple. 
It is that David knows two things about God. He is strong and he is loving. David looks around the world, as I'm sure we do today, and he sees people looking for security and power and in control, in social hierarchy, and he knows that that will not last. That is not real strength. And so he reminds himself of what he knows. God is strong. And then he takes another look around the world and he sees people buying and gaining and acquiring riches and material things and he knows that it will come to nothing like a breath of wind. It is meaningless to chase after value in that way and so he reminds himself of what he knows, that God loves and values him, God is loving. Friends, it is impossible for us to live this life trying to find security in the things that are around us. Nothing will come of it, no real security, no lasting rest. Look at how many times through the psalm the word alone appears. My soul finds rest in God alone. He alone is my rock and my salvation. We cannot find peace in God and influence, in God and our money in God and our power. It is God alone in whom we rest. Uh, We're going to sing Psalm 62 soon. Sing the word alone loudly. There is nothing else besides God that can give us rest. But we have the perfect example to work from. Christ, who went with strength to the cross, who relied on his Father in heaven perfectly, who loved perfectly and who we know loves us completely, who laid down his life for us, strength and love. As we finish, that last verse there uh, holds a great sadness for those who do not know Christ. But for those who do, it holds a truth of great joy. We know that on that last day, as we are judged by the God that created us, we will be seen as perfect because our almighty and our all-loving Saviour died in our place. Once we understand that truth, as we continue to remind ourselves of that truth, then we too will be able to call our Lord, my Lord, as David does, my rock, my salvation. Sing those words loud. Joel was up here a couple of weeks ago, wasn't he, asking us as a church family to be praying for each other. And there will be many in this room this morning who feel anything but certain, anything but secure. Read and remind yourselves of these verses, Psalm 62, because the God who gave them to you is all-powerful. He will not let you go, no matter how you feel. We cannot be shaken from his hands. There are no greater hands to be in. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. The things of this world that we try and find security in, they will fade away. But we can find a great, full, secure rest in the arms of our Lord. And together we can say with confidence that my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation 
He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Amen. Uh, In a moment, the the musicians are going to come up, and it feels very fitting that we should sing Psalm 62. John was right, we did sing it on Wednesday at Joel's induction. They're great words. Uh, Let's remind ourselves of them. It's also our offertory song, so there will be bags passed around. But think about the words, think about them for what they mean, and let's sing them with joy as a church family.